This is the Bartholomew Town Podcast. Welcome to another edition of the Bartholomew Town Podcast. I'm your host, Bill Bartholomew. From our Providence, Rhode Island studios, I sit down with Rhode Island journalist Edward Fitzpatrick. Edward Fitzpatrick is the former longtime political columnist for the Providence Journal and is widely regarded as one of Rhode Island's preeminent newsmen. We had a great conversation about Rhode Island politics and media, as well as touching on the national political climate. If you haven't already, be sure to subscribe to the Bartholomew Town Podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you consume content. You may find each of our in-depth interviews with Rhode Island politicians, media members, and artists at BartholomewTown.com or RIPodcast.com. All right, Tuesday of a week that we're doing daily episodes. Let's get right into it. Talking Rhode Island politics with the man himself, Edward Fitzpatrick. Let's get right into the gubernatorial election. Um, poll, two separate polls were released this week. First, an ABC6 uh, Providence Journal. Uh, now, what is it? The Publix Radio. The I Publix should, Radio. That's right. <laughs> the new time, name. The new name poll uh, conducted by UNH, which had a 14-point margin uh, a, a lead for Governor Raimondo and Joe Trill polling at 5%. Today, Go Local Providence uh, released a poll that suggested that Trill was polling at 17% and that it was just a 12-point gap between Fung and Raimondo. So what's your perspective? How do we measure this race right now? Yeah, and, and we had a Roger Williams University uh, WPRI 12 poll earlier uh, that had showed uh, Raimondo with a seven-point advantage over Fung and Trillo at seven. Um, so, yeah, you, you, you've, you know, the order is still the same, but the, the numbers are a little different. And you can see how, you know, the, the, the numbers are probably moving a little bit because uh, you first you had the primary and, and then the debates might have influence people and they've um you've seen uh the candidates putting a lot of money into tv ads now and getting the message out so yeah it, it's 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 going to be interesting uh to see um the the truth probably lies somewhere in the middle there uh but uh the, the but the order's been consistent yeah what do you think it would take for the phone camp in particular but even the trillo camp to make a move at this stage just under a month out from the election yeah, I, I think, you know, they've, um, you, you see with Trillo, for him to make a move, he needs to introduce himself to more people. He's still unknown with a, a large percentage of, of Rhode Island. And, uh, you know, he's got the YouTube videos that we're right. talking, and, uh, <laughs> you know, so, yeah, he needs to tell more people about the, you know, instruments he can play and the, and the, and the, poodle and and all that right. so uh that i think that's his challenge and then and then fung his challenge is he's uh got kind of a two-front war there where he's trying to convince moderates uh, de- democrats who uh might uh skew a little bit more conservative to come over to his camp and and uh he, he is running ads trying to talk about uhip on the way over here i heard uh one about DCYF, so you know he's trying to uh, point out some of the performance uh, issues there, and and uh, but then on the other hand, you know he he can't go far too far to his left because he's got Trello and Trump voters could go. You know if he goes too far to the left, he he'll lose people on the right. So he's got a difficult task uh, uh, of threading that needle. He does, and and 
you see him struggling, or maybe it's by design, but certainly in, in the debate at Roger Williams University, you know, some very basic questions that would qualify him for a lot of voters, he was unable to answer, you know, and that's, that's something that um, is a sign of both his unwillingness to commit to either side, yeah. um, but also, I would assume, just potentially just being a little bit disorganized at this point. Uh, yeah, in the, in the, in the uh, Roger Williams uh, debate, you know, the, the head of the college Republicans took issue with his his response to the abortion question that it wasn't strictly just pro-life or pro-choice. And, uh, you know, she, she favored uh, pro-life. So, um, you know, but I, I on the other hand, you know, in Rhode Island, I think there are it, it's a, a state with a Many more Democrats, but some of them are pretty conservative and would be Republicans in any other state. Right. I mean, that's the, the, the whole thing here is that we're seeing the there's a news organization that's starting to refer to uh, within Rhode Island. Democrats is either D-P or D-C. Yeah. You know, I don't yeah. know that you can really draw circles around everyone that way. But we're seeing it for sure where the Democratic Party is essentially two parties within one. And now with Patricia Morgan and this dream team, maybe the Republican Party are actually two units as well within the state. Yeah, I think they are both splintered, but both have their own factions. It's just the Republican Party smaller, and it's been more pronounced so far in this campaign. But, you know, you saw a primary from Matt Brown uh, trying to go to the left of Gina Raimondo. And, um, you know, he, he, Raimondo came out of that with a decisive victory, so that, I think that helped her. Absolutely. I mean, there was a lot of talk that there were internal polls and whatnot at rallies and things of this sort by the the Brown campaign. It yep. was going to be a lot closer than it ended up being. Yep. Um, so it's just, it, yeah, you're right that there's no question about that. It's... But, you know, she on the other hand, she did spend um, millions of dollars to get the message out <laughs> right. during the primary. So not take, she's got resources to really get her message out like none of the other candidates do. But you, you're seeing a lot of money come in from the Republican Party. Um, Democrats just doubled the amount for Raimondo. So, um, yeah, it's it's getting to be quite an air war. Yeah, full speed ahead for sure for, for all of the campaigns regardless. Uh, what's your take on the three candidates who were not on stage? at the Roger Williams debate, uh, Munoz, Armstrong, and Gilbert. Gilbert will be on stage at, at yeah. URI this yeah, week. Yeah, he will be there. And, uh, you know, after the strong performance by Bob Healy as a moderate party candidate, uh, you know, they've locked up that percentage to to be on the ballot. And, um, you know, I, I think he's going to make the Burrville power plant a big issue. And uh, I, I saw um, Dr. Uh, Munoz Donna Roger Williams he was there silently protest not being on stage and he's a very thoughtful guy um, so you know I think I think you know they're they're all are about one percent <clears throat> they've really got uh, quite a task but I give them a lot of credit for getting involved and in, in trying to get their message out about the issues they care about right um, pivoting to district 15 the center of Rhode Island so to speak in a way really where potentially the speaker of the house might lose an election if the 86th vote appears right so to speak um <laughs> yeah yeah one do you feel like the speaker has a challenge there from from Stephen Fry's and secondly if he's victorious will there be a a, a shift of the of who possesses the gavel come 
January. Yeah, it's good to talk about a, a race where some real power is at stake, right? There, <laughs> yeah, the, right. Yeah. The House speakers. But yeah, it's interesting. It, it, it's it's going to be decided by one small segment of Rhode Island. <clears throat> it's a pretty conservative district. Uh, Steve Fries came very close last time. He's former uh, Republican National Committeeman. And, uh, you know, I, the, the debate was, debates have been sharp between the two. Uh, the Paw Sox was an issue. Uh, you see a lot of uh, the mailers out there from the speaker and it, it's it's uh yeah that's that's the other big race to watch and there's a lot at stake in terms of whether he comes back if you would have a new speaker how that would change what priorities the general assembly passes wh- how the the uh governor and the senate would interact with the new speaker or um you know the, the you saw in the general assembly primary some um progress by progressives you, yep. you saw them take some uh seats and and win some victories there so you know i think the no matter what happens with the speaker's race i think it, you'll see progressives with uh more um pull up at the general assembly but you know that that's that it's going to be interesting to see what happens with the speaker's race absolutely um do you believe that uh the the uh representative newberry piece that ran do you think there's it's it's time for a total shake-up of how business is done within th- the chambers i thought newberry raised some really good points i think you you have uh, representatives from both parties who would agree with that. Uh, it, it's more of a process question, right? It, it does, it's not a partisan question. It's more of the use of power. And, and the question is whether the speaker has too much power. And, and it gets into the issues of um, whether uh, how, how bills can come to the floor and the committee process and the assignments. Um, so, yeah, I, I, th- I think he, he raised a, a good point. Uh, I'm on the uh, Common Cause board. It's a, a group that it's a, a kind of a watchdog group, uh, uh, lobbies for people and very interested in process questions like that. So, you know, I, I, I think that's worth uh, it's good to see that being made part of the public discourse so people are aware of, you know, we, rather than be just focused on the results of the votes on specific issues. This is how it, the, the levers work up there. Right. How the sausage is made right? exactly. <laughs> up there exactly. on Smith Hill. Soggies, yeah. Yeah, for sure. Soggies up there. <laughs> what's, the, what's the Providence mayoral, mayoral race looking like to you? Do you think there's a significantly relevant challenge here from D.D. Whitman, or is that Well, quick? I mean, you know, it was uh, – the east side was um, key to – uh, Mayor Lorz's victory last time, and 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 Whitman's coming from the east side, and a fundraiser who's putting some money into the race. So, you know, I think you got to pay attention to that. Um, I I think probably Lorz is the uh, front runner right now, and 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 uh, um, we just had the debate the other night, and the the big issues that you, you see everybody getting into is uh, the the pension. Uh, obligations and uh, just having 25% of what it would take to pay those pension obligations and uh, the debate about the the idea of uh, trying to monetize the Providence water supply and uh, whether that would go over to the Narragansett Bay Commission and Vinnie Masalella and so you know it's 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 uh it's it's gonna be there's a there's a lot of big and at the same time you've got a lot of labor issues uh with with the uh teachers and um so um 
Never a dull moment in Providence politics. Right. And, of course, the school bus strike school scenario bus strike now. Too. I mean, yeah. who knows what that's going to turn into now. They're <laughs> evidently looking for, well, more aggressively looking for someone to pick up that contract and dump for a student, apparently. Yeah, yeah. Today or yesterday was the ultimatum that it, what they have to have progress by Friday or, or they'll look elsewhere. So, yeah. Yeah. Good times for Uber drivers in the city, I guess. There are but, jump bikes. Yeah. You see jump bikes everywhere. Absolutely. <laughs> it's, uh, um, the, uh, yeah, I, I don't see anybody helmets, though. People need to wear helmets on jump bikes. That's my public my PSA for there the day. There is, yeah. <laughs> Couldn't agree more, especially on some of these streets out here in, in Elmwood and South Providence. In, in there's The bike lanes that are there are barely... Well, didn't some you know, student safe. get hit uh, that uh, wasn't able to get on the bus... Uh, after the, the day like a one, day at, after yeah, day exactly, one, got right. hit at yeah. uh, on up up on Hope or something. So yeah, that, that's uh, in a, with the students with disabilities and and everything. This yeah. is a this is going to be a, a crisis that needs to be addressed sooner rather than later. Right. And how do you if you're the city of Providence, you know what really can you do other than try to find another bus company? You can't really force either side's hand. Um, but you, you know, you've got to have some oversight of your contractors as well. Yeah, you saw the attempt to apply some pressure yesterday, and and uh, hopefully something like that pays off. Because uh, you know, it's, it seems to be kids that are suffering here, and, and and that's that's not the right outcome. A lot of shenanigans. The uh, last, really going back to last week, the well, first of all, the bust, the sting over at the Healing Church, and the subsequent arrest of uh, Compassion Party Gouverneur Trail candidate. Ann Armstrong, an attorney general candidate, Alan and the Gordon. attorney general yep. candidate. You don't see that headline every day, right? Yeah, the, the two of them hauled in. Um, Interesting briefly. First Amendment issue that I, I, at Raj Williams, I have this uh, First Amendment blog that I started. Mm. And, and what's the name of that? Uh, it, it's just the uh, Raj Williams University First Amendment blog, <laughs> aptly named. Yeah. And uh, so we get a lot of the, the law professors and political science professors and me and uh, journalism professors writing about First Amendment issues. And there's been a ton of them uh, yep. th- this year alone. And um, so that was one. We were, I was just talking to a constitutional law professor there jared goldstein about this that her argument is that this is a religion and uh based on cannabis and and you know so um it gets you know the freedom of religion issue comes up and uh in looking at the case law one of the interesting things was about it, it the courts have decided you have that right if you're sincere in your belief and so really the test would be the sincerity of her belief that the religion's based on on smoking cannabis, right? So. Which they've, uh, you know, backtracking. You know, when I first encountered them, you know, the, their existence uh, yeah. in this process for me, I really did dig back in, and obviously, there's a lot of, um, you know, discoherent or or or, or dis, a lot of discord in their yeah. um, their message. It's not necessarily clear all the time, but no. they do seem to have that aspect of it pretty well buttoned up. That they're part of a faction of. The church that goes back to the 1600s, and you yeah. know, here they are today just doing their thing, you yeah. know, as they put it. Yeah, yeah. I mean, but you know, just a technical issue. I mean, if you have 48 pounds of marijuana, I think that's pr- pretty well beyond personal personal use, probably. I, I, so would, think it, so. I it, would think so. I would think so. It's going to be an interesting case, and I'd be interested to see if the First Amendment issue comes up. Yeah, that's, that's how I'm looking at it as well, for sure. Um, then we have the Trillo flailing his arms yeah. uh, and uh, striking a young Nick Mattiello, who was evidently a part of a, a group of hooligans pounding on a door 
of a house of a girl who's home alone. Yeah, and, you, uh, you just can't make this up. This yeah. is the like the most Rhode <laughs> Island story ever. And you know, as, as Trillo said, everything but the bada boom. It's it's uh, you know, it, and it's got that great kicker of you know the Joe Trillo, candidate for governor, was uh, upset that people were banging on the door next door. Went over there, <clears throat> accidentally says he, he uh, smacked, tapped a kid in the face or something, and uh, that kid turns out to be. The Speaker of the House. <laughs> <laughs> Classic uh, stuff. Yeah. You know? it's, uh, you can't make it up. No, you can't make it up. And, and then the uh, Three Stooges. Poking, uh, who was it he poked in the eye? Uh, uh, Larry Earnhardt, yes, former, Earnhardt yep. former state representative. And it, the issue was something about... Uh, uh, boat, uh, boat fees or um, uh, toilet cleaning or boat or bathroom bullet cleaning? T- yeah, b- b- boat toilet cleaning, right? Unbelievable. But, yeah, that's the issue that's going to divide this state, I think, <laughs> and uh, or at least result in some uh, eye pokes. And uh, yeah, so it, it, it's it's been quite a week, and uh, we st- <laughs> we still have a month to go before the election. So yeah, looking out just within the you know the market, if you will, to Fall River today, Mayor Korea. With uh, yeah, yeah, sorry. Like someone, uh, John, my friend John Pence has quoted, you know, only in Rhode Island because uh, it it does seem like a story that uh, has a home here, but it was actually across the border there in (laughs) Fall River. He is a a PC grad, so he's got that Rhode Island connection, but uh, yeah, no, I I did a column about him in 2016 when he was just elected on his right around the time of his 24th birthday, yep, and uh, and he had uh, taken over the, the. Prior Mayor Flanagan, uh, he had said that they had a discussion late at night and down by the river, and uh, there was a, and Flanagan took out a gun. He, right. Flanagan denied it in any case. He, so that's who he succeeded. And at the time, <laughs> he told me, you know, this is this is going to put this is all behind us now. This is going to put Fall River on an even keel. Yep. So, but not so much, or not, or not for very long, it seems, with the, today's arrest, uh, wire fraud, uh, nine wire fraud charges, and. Um, Snow Owl is is now part of our uh, is is the app uh, that yep. never came about. Um, so uh, yeah, yeah, that that's that was an interesting uh, development this morning, and uh, yeah, in in the column I was just looking back at it this morning. Uh, the uh, I had interviewed uh, the mayor of Central Falls, James Dioso, who yep. was also in his mid-20s when he got elected. I said, you know, what advice do you have for another young, recently elected mayor? And his advice was you have to be honest, um, have integrity, and be transparent. So apparently, if these charges are true, uh, uh, the mayor of Fall River did not follow that advice. (laughs) To a T. Good advice. Didn't follow it, yeah. (laughs) Yeah, Yeah, it's... Yeah, you never know what's going to happen on a day-to-day basis anywhere, but it does seem like these stories are, you know, more likely to happen in this region for yeah. some reason. Yeah, I don't know. no, it's a, uh, it, it, it all lends credence to uh, uh, something that uh, former Providence Journal reporter Ellie uh, Jaspin said uh, years ago that you know uh, Rhode Island is a theme park for journalists, and, uh, <laughs> and that's why it's such a great job to be the political columnist in Rhode Island. It's, Absolutely, uh, no shortage of material. Right. And, you know, in terms of the media in Rhode Island, it's shifting. We've seen in my lifetime or in my my time of being able to actively watch media, I guess I would say that goes back to about 1992. I remember my family got the Pro Joe, you know, delivered, especially Sunday. You know, what an experience that would be, you know, going whatever. Yeah, where did you grow up? Charlestown. All right. Yeah, yeah. South County. Um, and, 
you know, watch ten. You know, that was and sure. and you know, you grew up on that. Jim Terracani story. Terracani, sure. Oh my God! You Absolutely. know, all the way. Connie should have a statue. We should rip. People <laughs> talk about getting rid of Columbus statues. Fine, put a Terracani statue. Absolutely. Up. You know, let's do it tomorrow. We'll find someone Arisi to make it. You know, that's my <laughs> wife. You know, there you go. But. You know, that's the brand I grew up with, and so as it has changed so much, you know what I mean, it's there's a part of me that's that's kind of saddened by that, you know, the loss of the physical paper, um, but also understands the that's just the nature of the beast when, you know, as a musician, there used to be about 10 people in a studio setting to, to make a record. Now there's two, the musician and the engineer. Yeah. Everyone can do everything else. Yeah. No, you know? I, I, you know, I was born in Providence, grew up in Smith, Smithfield delivering the evening bulletins when wow. we had two papers in Rhode Island. And so, you know, evening bulletins gone. And uh, yeah, I think every city, including Providence has seen the, the, the statewide paper, uh, sh- shrink and and you've seen that at the journal and to me the 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 dangerous part of that is you have fewer watchdogs you know pe- fewer people going down to the state house and the courthouse you know keeping an eye on what's going on and and that's not good for democracy you know especially in rhode island you need you right. need those eyes out there i mean there there are still great investigative reporters and and uh, still uh, people at the journal doing tremendous work you know so i don't uh, diminish that a bit. It's just wish there was more of them because it's so important here in in Rhode Island and everywhere. And uh, you know, some of the things that fill the void aren't as you know. There's a lot more opinion or or partisan yep. uh, uh, material filling that void, and that <clears throat> that has its place. And and uh, and you know that, that can be entertaining, but it's and informative. But you need people just to go get the facts and tell the stories, you know, of, of Rhode Island. And, and so I, I hope uh, we find a way and I hope the people support that because it's going to, you know, the you, you get what you pay for. If you're not right. buying the local paper, if you're not tuning into the local news, if you're just relying on uh, whatever comes across uh, Twitter or, or Facebook, you, you're not going to uh, get the kind of news you need. Right. Yeah, you're going to become just a part of this narrow casting sort of cloud you know yeah. you'll be you'll be penned into a phone booth essentially and i like what you're doing here by the way that you know the podcasting is going to be part of the, f- the future of the media and and to have uh long form discussions about the issues of the day the news of the day i i think it's a great thing i appreciate it and i you know i want myself I, that's what i'm looking for a lot of time now i'm sometimes i'm also happy to be in the car and listen to a quick soundbite interview um, yep. But yeah, you, it's it is difficult in in radio. It's difficult in television um, or on Facebook or Instagram to get a real sense of what someone's about. You know what I mean? I just yeah. I don't think you can actually do it. Um, and there's such a thirst for it, a hunger for it here in Rhode Island. I think that people, you know, politics is the national sport in Rhode Island. It, it, it's it's something that uh, we all feel like we know the the governor and the the senators. You you see them you see them around. Right. You know, if you don't meet them in person during every campaign. You feel you're ripped off so you know it's uh it's all on the scale uh where uh it's it's needed you know yeah outside of um you know the specific issues you know the 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 Pawtucket Red Sox fiasco no matter how you look at it you know it really was a kind of a distraction in many ways over the last year or so within the state do you see any other issues of that nature any other specific Major um, time consumers, if you will, news making 
issues that are, um, you know, going to suck up a lot of energy that aren't necessarily what, you know, people really need to be focused on, if you will. Not that the Paw Sox wasn't important, but at the end of the day, what there's, you know... Well, this, I, you know, I, I think the large issue is bound to come up again about how much uh, support uh, will Rhode Island provide for projects, for ideas like that. Right. You know, we ended up uh, getting, putting our uh, money behind or, or backing the idea of Kurt Schilling's <laughs> ill-fated uh, video game venture and losing uh, a team that had been there here for decades to Worcester. So, you know, I don't think we came out ahead there. Um, but, you yeah. know, it, it, there's intelligent arguments about whether stadium deals are, are good investments of public dollars. And the, but the bigger issue seems to be like, will we, will we uh, you know, you, you see it in the governor's debate. The, you know, is it corporate welfare to, to try to attract companies or is that using the tools that every other state's using? And if you're going to play the game, you've got to play it to win. So right. it, it's an interesting debate. It's bound to come up again. I don't think that hangover of 38 Studios is quite over yet you know it's been it's been long enough we should have uh, you know had some coffee and moved on but uh yeah it, it's bound to come up but uh, hopefully you'll see you know in the, in the coming session some more um uh other issues rising to the forefront i think i think one issue is that you know the the uh, all the legislation uh that uh the uh, a lot of the female legislators got behind pay equity uh, and and bills like that and yep. and all the, you had the sexual harassment uh, panel doing all this research and really nothing happening there so I, I think that's the the there's still momentum behind those things and those are going to come up once the session is is back and and uh, and uh, ho- you, we're going to see whether some of those move ahead and become a law right yeah the Teresa Tanzi. Yeah. The spawn scenario there. Yeah, yeah. Whatever happened to that? Yeah, they had a lot of hearings, and at the end of the day, nothing uh, passed. And right. and so I think the speaker said they ran out of time. But you know, the time the time to I, I think you, you're going to see some of the legislators coming back saying, "Well, it's time to act now." Yep. Zooming out to the national level here, just uh, briefly touching on Trumpism, the brand of populism, and yeah. how it affects Rhode Island. There were 180,000 Trump voters. Mm-hmm. Um, certainly. One can assume a, a portion of that hundred eighty thousand aren't necessarily, um, you know, hardcore believers of the Trump message, but were looking for an alternative voice or something of that sort. But most of them probably were behind the Trump message. How does that play into not only Rhode Island politically but culturally? How do you how do you combat that? Is it education? Where is it? Yeah, I mean, you, you know, you see, you think of Rhode Island as being one of the deepest blue states, but it, you know, I think that camouflage a lot of the differences that you, you, some of the Democrats up at the legislature are some of the more conservative people I know. Right. And and uh, yeah. so you know that that doesn't always translate. And uh, yeah, you saw Trump do well here. Some of that might have been a reflection of people not uh, getting behind Hillary Clinton, being uh, critiquing her, and. and and, uh, you know, on the other hand, you saw Bernie Sanders do well here. Yeah, so, 54% you know, or something like yeah. that, you know. So, um, so yeah, you, you've got a, a, a wide range. And, and uh, you know, I think in a way Trillo is a, a test of that. He was the chairman uh, of the, the uh, Trump campaign here in Rhode Island. And it's not going to be, you know, it's not, it's not a pure test because it's not a presiden- presidential election year, different group of people. And I think the, the Trump campaign pulled people in to vote 
vote who might not otherwise. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, so they, it'll be interesting to see whether they turn out this at a, in a midterm. And um, I, I, you know, I was, I was struck the other day by the amount of ang- there was a chart of uh, whether you hate the other party, the, your opponent's party, and, and uh-huh. both parties have a lot of anger going. And, oh, yeah. uh, and you're going to see a lot of anger reflected in this midterm. Uh, so, um, so, yeah, yeah, it, it, is, it is part of uh, uh, the landscape that's developing here in Rhode Island, not just in uh, more red states. Yeah, I, I had an experience when I was at this rally on Saturday at the State House, where, um, you know, I, of course, the white supremacist side of this rally you know there's a rivalry there but but i actually didn't really engage with anybody i was just there asking questions but not i wasn't protesting yeah um but one of the counter protesters actually came up to me and asked me who i was and told me that i was a fascist because i was there covering the event as well as another a photojournalist who i don't know where she was from uh, which outlet huh. uh, gave us a hard time and uh, and I was stunned that there could be that amount of vitriol where someone is just so angry that they don't even know who they're angry at anymore and you're yeah. just coming from both sides you know um, yeah. the worst of the worst like pro wrestling yeah, um, yeah I but you're such you're so warped that you you can't accept that this would be broadcast to anyone else you just want it within your own personal world i don't know i couldn't understand the rationale behind it yeah um, yeah and that was the the, the who, what group were they from the, they, they were from the ocean state yeah. against hate which just today announced on their twitter that they were uh, taking a hiatus and recalculating who would be in, in their leadership position yeah, so i mean you do see it on both sides of the political spectrum this turning on the press and and that worries me uh, from you know the first amendment free press that uh, we need to recognize this as an important pillar of democracy and, and not give in to the, this kind of simple-minded uh, fake news mantra that you hear from the president. You know, mm-hmm. I think the president's got a lot of responsibility not to keep feeding that for his own purposes and, yeah. and to keep – that's totally irresponsible. And um, – but it is on on both sides. You, you, it, I've had it directed at me in the past from both sides of the political spectrum, and you know, you know, it's not like journalists have been really popular. Like they're always glad to see you and and uh, and love having you ask hard questions. But you know, too bad that that's the watchdog role, and we need it. Um, and I, I just think. Uh, we need to take a step back and and realize that um, that that journalists are um, they're they're doing a very American thing and 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 it's patriotic what journalists do uh, and they they should be respected and and we shouldn't you know I, when I covered the Trump campaign when they came uh, to a big tent in Warwick uh, we were all penned in and at some point like, like a ritual Trump would turn around and say. And there's the you know these evil people these these the fake news and, and and you know and just the crowd would eat it up and turn yeah. on and, and turn on the press and uh, something I had never seen before and you've seen a lot more of it and a lot more uh, in a similar vein a lot of. Uh, uh, lack of appreciation and harsh criticism uh, for our protesters and and this you know it, it's it, you know one of the uh, I teach a journalism class at Roger Williams and one of the books we're reading is Freedom for the Thought You Hate 
And, uh, you know, no matter how much you disagree with someone, and even if someone's saying something stupid and irresponsible, you know, in this country you have a freedom to say it. And the best response is not to shut it down. It's uh, the best, if it's hate speech, the, the best response is great speech. Tell them why they're wrong and, and just maintain the higher ground and don't stoop to their level, I think. Yeah, hallelujah. Absolutely. And it's, it's not only, you know, hypocrisy, but it's also... Um, it's just not productive. You're not going to be able to express your viewpoint if you can't debate it with anyone else. Or, you know, there there are limitations, I suppose, where some of the scenes I saw on Saturday included someone firing a fire extinguisher into someone's face. So, you know, someone slapping a, a female, a male slapping, a, a male clad in body armor slapping a female. You know, <laughs> so there are limitations to the where you can go with that. But you're right within the general confines of civilized behavior. Yeah, we, got, we know, have to have maintain the ability to have civil discourse and all this rising right. heat of the other of the opposition isn't good. And we're hollowing out that center. You know, you don't have moderates in either party down in D.C. My hope is that we don't see that on the local level, that we, you know, we kind of show them the way in D.C. And maybe we can do it on some in, in some regard here in Rhode Island. Because, yeah, you, 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 you see... Um, yeah, Trump encouraging, you know, saying, saying get him out of here, just and about the NFL and everything, just berating protesters, you know, almost encouraging violence, and 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 you see on the Democratic side too, like people saying we can't, we've got a, uh, we've got a uh, holder said we got to kick him, you know, right. we, forget we go high if they go low, we got to kick him. Exactly. So you know, so I don't know, I I, I just think. Um, that's not the way to do it. If you want to get involved, you, you shouldn't chase somebody from the other party out of their restaurant. You should go vote or contribute to a candidate. Go out, you know, do something constructive and, and go go campaign for someone or give them a donation. You know, don't scream and yell at people or or uh, flame them on Twitter. You know, do do uh, do something positive. As always, thank you for listening to the Bartholomew Town Podcast. Stay tuned all week long for daily episodes and stay with us all the way through the general election and beyond. Until next time, I'm Bill Bartholomew. We'll talk soon.